Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Well, last week you didn't get a podcast. I was wrapped up doing the show, and I didn't get a chance to knock one out for you. I had this one stacked up and ready to go, but just things got away from me last week. And uh, if you weren't here in town, you missed out. We had one crazy weekend, and let me tell you, it was a huge success. We had a lot of original OG COVID version, one crazy weekend alumni were there and a lot of new faces, a lot of new people. It was off the chain, man. I'm telling you, I was so stoked to see so many people that are having a great time and giving away money, the strip crews, the whole nine yards, man. I'm sure you guys have seen, it's been pretty popular on social media, the event, the turnout, the people that were here, fellas from Arizona, Desert Dubs showed out strong. Uh, we had Johnny Osmondson. He rolled out from uh, Tucson area. He rolled up here with his boy Austin. Lots of uh, love from Arizona. And some of my boys from Salt Lake came down. So a lot of love came from Salt Lake. A lot of love from Bakersfield. A lot of love from SoCal. I mean, we had people from everywhere. And really the guys that know what's going down are the ones that the guys and gals that know what's going down. They came to the event. We had Cars debut at the event, surprise reveals. I mean, the whole nine yards, it was an event not to be missed. Uh, really, it's it started to become a family, man. Three years of hanging out with all these people. It's just a great a great vibe, a great atmosphere. We had some new people down from NorCal, some, some faces from before from NorCal. There was so much good stuff going on this weekend. I'm telling you. You guys miss it, man. Uh, if you didn't go, you got to go next year. Uh, sold a ton of rooms for the hotel. They were happy. They're super excited to have us back next year. We're starting to plan the event for next year. And uh, all it can do is get better. You just can't replace the people that make the event what it is. And, and really, that's the, that's the kicker of it. Um, you know, opening up our town and getting some people to come in and, and really get to experience Vegas from the VW perspective with respect to the um, the strip crews and then bombing around the city in big groups. I think this year was the biggest poker run we had. We had about 80 entrants into the poker run, so we split it into two decks, cut the cut the groups in half, and uh, it was quite, quite an ordeal. So it was so great to have so many people involved. And, you know, just, uh, I, I mean, I can't thank everybody enough from uh, the sponsors, Finley Volkswagen, Dam Volks, Ross Wolf, VW Trends Magazine, Sunkiss Graphics, Nevada Off-Road Buggy, all these people that uh, participated in our event just made it exceptional. The hotel was a buzz the whole weekend. If you weren't staying at the hotel, man, you were seriously missing out because it was a <laughs> parking lot party. Every time you'd roll out there, man, there's people out there talking about cars chatting we had a couple uh you know our boy johnny rolled out to the street did a nice little street hit right out on uh the road right there got to show off a little bit of power for that bad boy lots of people connecting man a lot of friendships been made this week a lot of people surprised when their cars were picked for the uh top 20 and just just a great event all the way around i'm sure anyone who was there this year and participated the show part is the smallest part of the event the show part is kind of the morning part the guys that want to come for the show, the real kicker is the the poker run and the strip cruise. That's really the interactive part of this event. If you guys aren't doing that, you guys are really, really missing out. I mean, that's the part where everybody just kind of becomes blood brothers, just bombing around in their cars together through the uh, city streets of Vegas. Nothing better than that, man. I know I was getting ready to go, and we're gonna do we're gonna do a wrap up event 
uh, wrap up podcast for this, kind of bring some people in. Uh, you know, furthest traveled was my boy Spike. Uh, bombed down from, <laughs> flew in from uh, from England and got to hang out at the event. Uh, he had a little misfortune with his vehicle, so I kicked him down with some future shock when he cruised the strip. George had him cruising his bus while he was around every place else, so we made sure he was dubbed up and ready to roll. And uh, he just got to he got to live his dream, rolling the strip in a raspberry dream dream sickle. So yeah, so much going on. We're, we're gonna do a whole podcast just on the event, the weekend. Let you guys know what you missed. We peeled off a lot of ducats, man. A lot of people made money. Pete with air cooled came down. He walked away three hundred bucks, man. So many people had such a great time. That's all I'm hearing about, and I'm super excited for it. You know. I'm super pumped to do it next year. You guys got to make sure you don't miss out for next year because it's just going to keep getting better and better. On today's show, I've got Patrick Friel. You may know Patrick Friel. Uh, he's been in the scene quite a while. He's had drag race cars. He's had uh, Duran Kafer cars. And it goes all the way back uh, to the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, with his M&M green car that was in uh, Hot VWs, 1992 chopped green bug you'll know it when you see it there'll be some links and some pictures of the the car down the in the text below but patrick's long time been in the game if you're in norcal you for sure know who patrick is he's a staple in the norcal vw community and uh, just a great guy all around so we get his vw story i snatched him up when we were at the fast four cartel we've been uh trying to catch up for a while and luckily enough when i was there we had a we had some time to sit down and uh, hammer out a podcast so Great podcast, a lot of good conversation. We talk about everything from uh, building cars, the mix-ups that happen to, uh, you know, the scene today and a lot of uh, our impressions on what's going on. So let's get into it right now with Patrick Friel, Eminem Green Bug, Duran Kafer, and Drag Racer on Let's Talk Dubs. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. everybody so again out here at blitz on the beach number two i'm here with uh patrick frill patrick welcome to the podcast thanks brother now you guys may know if you've been in the vw scene for any length of time you'll know patrick's cars he had the m&m green bug that was now this is old school we're going way back the <laughs> m&m green bug that was on the uh January 1990 issue. So it's not that old. I mean, 1990 oh to me doesn't God. feel old school, but I guess it's old, old school. <laughs> so his M&M Green Chop Top Bug was a show car that was all over the circuit in the late 80s, right? Late 80s, early, yeah. early 90s. Yep. And he also has a Duran K for Cup car, and he's one of the NorCal. He's on the outside of the orange curtain, and he's up here in the, <laughs> in the NorCal area, but he has a 56 Strato Blue uh, DRKC car. And uh, he's also a podcast listener and was at the Grand National Roadster Show as well. That's right. So many, many accolades and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bill. You know how we do it every time on the podcast. We start with the same question every time. What's your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagen? My VW story? Mm -hmm. How I got the bug? Yes. I, you know what? It started 
a long time ago. I think I was probably maybe in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. My baseball coach had a 58 Beetle. <laughs> Get out of here. And I don't know what it was. It was something about that Beetle. And I had to have one. And at 16, I bought my first 69 Beetle for 800 bucks. Yeah. And hindsight's 2020. It was the biggest pile of junk I had ever had. <laughs> my dad couldn't believe I spent the money on a car. He probably paid for it. Right. You know, I said, Dad, I'll pay you back. I think I still owe him money. So. <laughs> and how much was it? 800 bucks. 800 bucks? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a lot. What, so this has got to be like 86, 87? It was, no, I'm a little older than that. It was it was 82 and 82 so 82 800 bucks in 82 that was some it was scratch. it was it was yeah a lot of newspaper route money yeah yeah absolutely and so you buy this 68 and it's already been through the ringer left right and so oh, it was it was a uh yeah it was a 10 footer maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah it looked good you know you get you get your you look you see a car you fall in love and no matter what your parents say it's ah oh, this is the car and, and and this is the this is the car that eventually becomes the m&m green car it is yes in a matter of speaking it is so we built that car uh drove it in high school version 1.0 version 1.0 color? yeah it was the extra paint we had left over from painting a 69 malibu so it was a teal <laughs> metallic when you say we the, the, was your dad a car guy no, dad was a was a contractor that yeah. believed a car got you from point A to point B. Right. Why are you spending money on a car? That's stupid. Exactly. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, transportation. You want to paint it? We're going to paint it. So, yeah, yeah you go to, uh, I can't remember where you get paint back in those, anywhere you get paint back right. in the day. So, single stage metallic, it looked awful. Right. Like, right. No need to mask. Just put some newspaper with the windows it. and let's newspaper bomb Newspaper. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> newspaper, painted it. That was my high school car. I was a junior then and uh that eventually became the green m&m so we painted a good buddy of mine rick eichler mm-hmm. helped me build a 1641 for it now as i was reading the story today yeah. something happened that caused you to go into this whole entire rebuild on this car oh that's right yeah yeah there was uh maybe it was so traumatic you don't remember it knocked lodged <laughs> loose from your memory so what what happened that caused this whole rebuild well it was built originally in about 87 we did we didn't do a pan off but we did pretty much a nut and bolt on it and it was beautiful i think the first trophy i won was at pleasanton bug bash in 87 i won best engine and uh back in that day i was running idas it was probably a set of idas i got for 100 bucks at a swap meet and uh i was driving home from work one day and i was actually rear-ended and the car was not quite totaled but I, uh, I took the opportunity to rebuild the car and I remember driving it before it was chopped and I was driving on the freeway and a stainless steel polished tank on a, on a container truck went past and I, it was kind of like one of those funhouse mirrors uh-huh. and I looked over and I could see it. It kind of looked like it was chopped uh-huh. and I said, that was it, you know. Well, in the same issue in this eighty in this nineteen eighty, I'm sorry, nineteen ninety January, uh, hot VWs, on page sixty five, it shows here that you're uh, you're uh, taking some titles. You had a good day at Sacramento, taking the trophies for full custom and people's choice, and best of show. It was a pretty good day, no yeah. less, right? Yeah. So, and bad Raz two pictures down got best interior. 
Yeah, wouldn't it? So Stan has a nice car too. Stan it's not has bad. A, Stan has a very nice car. <laughs> the, but what's interesting is this is the time. These cars back in these days are not built to the level that cars are built to now. Correct. But these car, what was so awesome about these days was, I really loved the way the displays were set up. Yeah. The way people took time to kind of make the whole layout of the car and the, and the presentation really means something. Now you start getting into the show circuit here and you get super competitive. I mean, obviously you have to know Stanley if you're, Oh yeah. Stan's a great guy. And I think everybody was super competitive at the grand national roadster. I didn't realize how competitive it was where there was like a little kerfuffle between, um, Stanley and uh, Paige Proctor, where <laughs> you people were taking things pretty seriously from the show circuit days back in the day, and it, and it got weird for a second, and then things got kind of straightened out, but how competitive was was the show circuit back then? You know, there was a, at, at the shows, you'd kind of wonder who's showing up, you'd, you'd get your car ready, uh, and then if you saw, you know, if I saw Stan or if I saw some of the other guys, you'd be like, oh, man, it's going to be a tough show. Because you know they were bringing their A game. Right. And between shows, you'd always make changes, you know. Mm-hmm. And they might be minor, but if maybe one guy came up and said, hey, I noticed you painted your carbs or I noticed you did little, little stuff, that was as rewarding as winning. Because you know what? You, trophies are great. The plaques are fantastic. But you build it for personal enjoyment and also – the accolades you get from the guys that are at the shows or the or the or whoever. So now taking your car from like daily driver mm-hmm. to being a nice driver, then getting in a car accident and then rebuilding the whole thing. And now you're like, well, shoot, while we got this off, let's paint this. Let's paint this. Yep. Now, Rick Eichler, who helps you with the car yep. quite a bit on this thing. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. Yep. How old is he? Is Are you guys close in age? Rick's, Rick's a few years older than me. And I met him through a mutual friend. There was there was talk about this guy building motors. Mm-hmm. So Rick is a you know jack of all trades. He can build an engine, paint a car, fantastic mechanic. And I couldn't have done any of this stuff if it wasn't for him and our friendship. And sure. then you know, but it was constantly every show we were doing something different. Um, the competition level was there, it, and the friendship was there as well. You know, you become buddies with the guys you're competing sure. with, and most of the guys are pretty cool. There are some people that were. A little too serious. Took it too serious. Exactly right. And it's like, you know, where's the fun in that? And, you know, I can understand, but. Well, but taking it serious, you mentioned something to me earlier today. We were in a casually in a conversation. Yeah. These, these ears pick up everything that I hear. And, and you told me that you had eventually moved into helping judge car shows. Yep. Now, with that, so there's always the debate of, like, people's choice and I've said several times on my podcast, my favorite trophy is the second place Bugarama 54 that my bus is on the plaque. And I have the second place trophy for that bus, Yeah, which was which is ironic, but it's people's choice. And even when I came up for the show, it was kind of like I drove up. I drove up from Clovis. My, I left my wife with her sister in Clovis. Then I drove up. I drove up in the bus. Bugs all over the front, didn't even clean it, popped the safari open, walked around to hang out all day with my buddies from Sacramento. Yep. And for me, it was like the first time I showed at the VW Classic, the guys gave me the pointer. said, listen, when you go to the Classic, make sure you're the first car in line. I was like, well, why does that make a difference? Well, because when it's people's choice, people just want to get their voting over That's with. That's it. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Which is kind of one of those things where, like, if you're showing your car, you want it to be, you want it to be judged on an equal. Like, if you're putting it there for exhibition and to, to be shown, a lot of times after I would go to, I, I can't tell you how many car shows I've been to. I said, "Hey, where's your window placard so we can write your number down?" I'm like, "I, I didn't put it up. Like, That's right. I'm just here to hang out, man. I, I paid the fee to support." When I first bring a car out, it's always great to get people to like what you what you did. Oh yeah, and you end up going into well. How do you get pulled into helping judge shows? How does that go about? So I was helping. First of all, I, I had the green M M&M, and M, mm-hmm. um, and then and when when you started this project, was it I'm building a devastating show car, or it kind of got out of hand in the rest? No, it got out of hand. It's one of those things. State start taking it apart and say, "Hey, let's paint this." Well, let's, we got it apart when we're in here. Let's do this, and and uh, that car came together actually fairly quickly. I think it took about a year start to finish to get it together. Um, once it was done, I decided I wanted to try and build a car on my own so i bought a 67 square back off my sister yeah and did the picture windows deleted the rear license plate frame you know the one piece windows all that stuff painted it at home did it all did the flame job myself and then had both cars i'd have a buddy would drive dean dealey was a buddy of mine he drove one car i drove this car we took it to pleasanton bug bash and i ran into antoine alferos and Antoine Alferos at the time was running VW Judging Association. And we got into a discussion about, hey, what are you looking for? Because, you know, I'm out here for fun. You know, this is the main thing. But if I'm going to be judged, tell me what you're looking for. Because yeah. I don't want to go in blind. I, I do want to win, but it's not the end of the world. So we started talking, hey, what are you looking for? And we got into a, not a debate, but we started talking about it. And he looked at me and said, hey, do you want to judge shows too? And I said, sure. I mean, I love this. But the other aspect was I wanted to make it fair where it wasn't a quick decision. Hey, you, we've got 50 cars to judge. Let's go through these and, and knock them out. Right. Hey, that one looks good. Let's pick him or her, whatever it was. I said, you know what? Guys have a lot of time and money into these cars and their their personal pride. Don't take your personal opinions. Look at the, how the car's built. It's right. just not fair. You look, know? At, look at it on a scale of objectively exactly the car. exactly so we did the antoine and i uh i did you know that's where i met fred simpson he was on your other podcast just yeah. a great interview by the way <laughs> uh yeah, and a bunch and of he, other guys and he could go oh boy and man i you know and 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 i'm almost not smart enough to keep up with him you know what i mean from the standpoint <laughs> of like i don't even know what question to ask next because yeah i'm still trying to figure out what he just told me right and, and then i'm like wow that seems he, he's a really good teacher because he can really oversimplify something so you understand it. Yep. But you're trying to wrap your mind around something. What a knowledgeable right? dude. Yeah, yeah. just, just yeah, absolutely. So you met Fred because yep. he used to yeah. pick you up? Yeah so, yeah, so what would happen is when we would have L.A. shows, I would fly down, and then Fred picked me up at the airport, and then we'd t- I'd go to whatever hotel we were at, and he'd, he'd put me up in a hotel. And Now, how many guys would judge these shows? Um, I want to say we probably had a group of about at least 10 10, Ten people, judges. so it wasn't a small little group of three or four people, and we break it up into different categories. And you know, somebody would take paint, somebody would take interior, somebody would take mod- whatever it was, sure. so to try and spread the wealth. And so it was. So it was good. what shows were you, what shows were you guys judging specifically? Um, 
So we did all the VW, the good guy shows. So if you remember, Mark yeah, Mark Matters uh, and Matters family ran the good guys, and they would run the VW shows like they used to have at Sears Point, Race Point, right. Sonoma. And then we also would do the V8 shows. So one day we on a Saturday we'd do the V8, and then on the Sunday we'd do the the Volkswagen shows. Nice. And, and then some of the other ones down in L.A. as well. And what did you get out of ju- – like – Going all these different cars, especially cross platforms. Yep. Was it stuff that would give you ideas and get you motivated for stuff? It or it would, and it would give me an appreciation of the level of effort that someone would put into their car and the the level of detail that would take just to literally take a car apart and put it back together again, and take the time and to you detail know, everything and to like detail it. everything. And it wasn't always money that did this. It was taking the time, attention. Absolutely. Detail. It's yes, like huge. lining up. My brother's a real stickler about valve stems and tire wear oh, right. and stuff like that. Right. Hardware. And, yeah. I mean, I'm like, well, I don't even look like, you know, the, the valve stem's got to be at the bottom center. The logo is upright. The brand name of the tires on the Love top. It. You know Love what I mean? It. Oh, like, yeah. Like that kind of stuff. And I'm like. And that doesn't cost you anything. Correct. It's yeah. just the attention. Absolutely. To detail. Yep. It's all the screw heads to be lined up. That's the right. right it just that you can see from the process that someone's put that extra right. time in because there's so many people that that have you know one of my first podcasts is with my buddy Chris Clark and Chris Clark is a phenomenal artist all the Volkswagen stuff that used to be out there that was all Chris Clark's artwork and phenomenal artist in Vegas but he's a hands-on guy he built the Reich post mm-hmm. uh, out of a 64 bug split window dash put the big barn on the back like you know he built that he built the three-door bug that you've seen there was a three-door bug that came out that the rear opened like a reverse that's right king cab was like a kind of a i don't know it was tan or mango color i don't know i'm colorblind but over the top he built that bug yeah he built um and he did all of these painting of himself doing it it wasn't like he had some unlimited budget he was on a strict budget like to do it as much as he could he did pretty much all the work himself even there was a triple cab that was built by a guy out of Vegas, Rusty Volks, Kevin McCain. Yep. The concept and the drawing came from Chris Clark. Uh-huh. And it's like one of the things that I brought up with him, I remember he built a chop top called Section 8. Mm-hmm. And this Section 8 he built, he literally had like, it was so cool because, you know, with the shovel on the back and the seats inside, I'm like, where'd you get those military seats? He goes, oh, those are just lawn chairs. Yep. He's like, I bought them at Walmart, and I cut the legs down, and I put, but they looked perfect. And I yeah. said, you know, what's so cool is this car is a theme from front to back, and it's not like, oh, well, he just took this, flipped it upside down, it. and it right. looks stupid, you know? And so there's something to be said for, and I don't even care if you like the style or not. I really think it's one of those things where you can look at it and say, man, this guy really, I mean, if a guy's got a baseball-themed Volkswagen, yep. and he just takes the attention to detail and just carries it all through the absolutely through the car so how long do you judge shows for um how long did i judge yeah. shows? I, I did it for a couple of years mm-hmm. um and it was great i mean it was a great group of people to to do it with um and uh it took a lot of time and i was proud to take it seriously yeah you know they, like i said there's other shows where it would be people's choice and you know what? If I've got 15 friends that come in and go, hey, hey, don't forget to vote for my car. I was like, give me a break. I got the most salted on that in a club. I was in a club in Vegas, and we had a show at the Speedway. 
and they were like, vote for my car, vote for my car. And I was just like, what are you talking about? And then I saw a guy that had a, a VW thing there at the show. And you could tell this guy put a lot of time, effort, energy in it. And then one of the club cars won best VW thing. And I was just like, I said, I can't be a part of this, guys. It's just so it's so disrespectful to the work that that other guy right. did that every one of you can stand here and say that that guy's car is better for that guy not. Why even give an award? Yep. If we're just doing opinions, that's why it's like at, at my event down in Las Vegas, we pick a top 20 and one best to show. Yep. Like there's no first, second, thirds. We basically picked on the cars that we like. We get a panel of guys like, hey, I like this, I like this, I like this. The top 10 or 15 yep. are the easiest. The last five are like, now you're kind of splitting hairs. But, I mean, the reality is if you go to a show, in the VW hobby, at least from my opinion, the VW hobby is more about the people. 100%. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And and, and It really is a culture. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it is a culture. It, yeah. it's, you're 100% correct with that. And. And so I like better the top 20 picks because then you know you're getting, like, they picked your car yep. as a top 20. It's not a politics thing. It's not everything. And I also think it's sometimes it's the owners because the owners make it difficult, too. When, when an owner comes Do in. Do they? Yeah. When an owner comes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well the, guy that, the guy that beat me with the bus, like, he was practically like, hey, guys, don't forget to vote for me. He yeah. had a. It, it was a it was he was a Nordical guy. It was a it was a all blue panel window bus. Mm-hmm. And the guy owned a paint and body shop. It was on Porsche alloys and it mm-hmm. was empty inside. But just had some paneling and he had a big shark head outside of it. And I couldn't understand what the shark head. You was know all what? About. I remember that bus. Yeah, and he yeah. would just stand there it, it all was... day drawing people into his car, and I was just kind of like from San Jose, I think, or yeah, something like, like that. Bro, yeah, take it easy. Like it's just a car show. Exactly. Man. Like, like I. Like I said, the the best trophy I have is my second place because it is the proof, right? It is the proof <laughs> that people's choice is 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 a heavily flawed system. I I like even if I'm part of a group and they're like, hey man, vote for this guy. I'm like, no, I'm not voting just because you asked me. I'm not yep. voting for you. Like, Absolutely. if you're the only car there, I'm not putting it down on the because you don't. Your car should stay on the merits of it by itself. If you're building a show car. If my car, I don't believe, is a show car, I will pay the registration. I'll park the show cars, and I will put my placard away. Yep. Because I don't. I'm not looking for a trophy, you don't care. and I'd rather have other people's cars get the appreciation. Because other people, you know, they work really hard to get their stuff done. And if my car has been done four, five, six years, that's the other thing too. Sometimes you build a really nice car, and you start going to a show over and over again. You still got the nicest one there. They're like, well. We're not going to give Patrick an award yeah. this time because he keeps winning, so we should yeah. give it to somebody else. And that's—is that worse? Is the sympathy award worse? It's, like I don't know. Like we're, we've know. excluded you, and you'll be okay with it because you have enough trophies, right? <laughs> and we're just going to give it to this guy who like, and then, and, and then that's what happens. That—that's what the beef was doubt about down in SoCal. Down, it was at, like, down at the show. Hey, yeah. my car beat you at this show, and blah blah blah, and it's like, yeah. I was thinking to myself, am I really hearing this as a grown adult male? Like, I'm really... You are, you are hearing that. <laughs> yeah. The, the, you know, the whole vibe with VWs from when I first started getting into it to now. I mean, the, you mentioned earlier, the level of detail and the build quality that's going into Crazy. these cars today is insane. It, it's wonderful. I love looking at it. But it's a completely different game now. Totally different. The culture has changed as well. I mean, it, like, everything evolves and changes. Um, I mean, you probably remember back in the day, if you were a Beetle 
or a bus or whatever driving down the road and you broke down, it might be 15 minutes. Another buddy might see you or somebody might, hey, you okay? You need to help? Yeah. It's not like that anymore. Yeah. You know? It is. They're just sail right past you. It's a a little bit different. Um, I think, you know, what I – part of the hobby and the evolution of the hobby has been the aging out of people, right? Yeah. It's like we had the podcast with uh, William Noguera, and mm. he says, yeah, you know, we were kind of a bunch of young hoods, man, and That's we right. got in trouble, and, you know, I'm not glorifying anything, but just what we did and who we were and what cult and, and how we grew up, and there were certain sides of town. You had a Volkswagen. You didn't go over there because you wouldn't keep it if you went over there. That's and, right. You know, and I think with the generation of people kind of growing up, it's gotten a little bit better. I think the true enthusiasts – just love to see people putting effort into anything and it doesn't matter 100%. i mean and when 10 years ago you would get shamed out of here for having a baja <laughs> right what's all the rage today yeah bajas are Huge. getting popular. there's a movie coming out called baja that's where you, right michael squire was on the podcast and he's got a movie coming out baja bug the movie and all of a sudden the price for baja bugs is 4500 bucks for every rattle trap baja that you right? see yeah, and they're bus prices. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but not quite. You know, as you see things starting to to climb because it becomes nostalgic, reminiscent. First Volkswagen ever rode in was my buddy's Baja, and it had a bug eye kit on it. It had like skinny five twenties on the front, big knobbies on the back, mm-hmm. and he had a stock shifter and a stock motor with the with the little quiet pack exhaust on there, and. The only time that thing was fun to drive was when it was raining and it was all wet in the parking <laughs> lot. He would just slide it around the right? parking lot. But, yeah. I mean, you know, there, there, there's there's so many different levels of the hobby. I really enjoy seeing people that are super stoked about their own cars. Exactly. You know what I mean? No like matter what the, the condition is, though. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I agree with you 100%. Support the hobby. So what happens with the green machine? The green machine had a sad ending. What happened to the green machine? Because this was kind of a legendary car for its time. It I mean, was. It was. Did, it was. Did you take it to SoCal and compete in this car? I did. And I how did it, you fare? I took it to Jamboree. Uh, so that was shot in '89. Arcade did the article, um, and we went down the end of '89 to the um, Martinez Al Martinez yep, Jamboree. Jamboree. And Orange being County a, Fairgrounds. Exactly. And being a NorCal guy, as you know, NorCal is kind of like, you know, redheaded the, stepchild yeah, of, like, of the VW. You guys park over there. Yeah, exactly right. Knew absolutely nobody. Rented a trailer from Hertz or something and put it, loaded it up, and, and Rick and I drove down. Didn't know anybody. I now, mean, this was at the at the same place that they've had the last couple of classics a few years back at the I, I Orange right. County Fairgrounds. Yeah. And, and, so, and, and they used to have the, the cars on display out in front of the swap meet uh, booth, like the, the special cars. That's right. So where did you get parked? So I actually was parked in the main promenade. So um, there were there were lots of beautiful cars. And when it came time to find out who won... You know, I figured, hey, you know what, I'm not expecting too much, you know. But the car showed really well. Uh, RK came up and said, hey, I'd like to shoot your car. And I said, hey, that sounds great. We'll do it tomorrow. Uh, awards came and went. 
and I said, uh, hey, I didn't get anything. What's what's going on here? It, you know what? I was like, that's fine. Right. Um, I, I guess that's the, fine. That, sniffle, that's sniffle. fine. Sniffle. You know, cool. I guess these NorCal guys, meh. Um, I guess there was a, a judging error, and I was put in two separate classes. So one really? group of judges judged it as a daily driver, another group judged it as a full custom. It didn't take anything away. It was still a wonderful event. And that's actually where I ran into a, a guy that had a beautiful red chop top on real BRMs. <laughs> and uh, it was the only other chop top at the show. And I went and we started talking. And and that's how I figured out. He showed me how the doors open with the chrome trim. You just push yeah, the trim push on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a beautiful car. I've been trying to track down some solenoids that are low enough on oh, yeah. pressure so I can re- remake those work um, oh right yeah right now i've put window cranks and door handles inside the car so that i can get out yeah but it's funny that i never saw the, i've never seen that car live until and, and and the the car patrick's talking about is is the chop rod rag chop is what i've named it but chop rod is what the license plate said in the second feature um and that car was owned by Jim Moto, was built by Scott Gildner. And that car, the first time I saw that car was at the 2010 Classic. And I about flipped out. Right. I saw it sitting there and I'm like, get out of here. That's my car. I'm yeah. like, this is my favorite car. And then I'm like, like, who's the owner? Where's the owner? Who's the owner? Where's the owner? And then I, that was, and then like after 10 minutes, I'm over it. Yeah. I walk away because that's the year that I had. I debuted the year after I debuted the Gia. So I must have been mm-hmm. there with the Gia again that year. Or maybe I brought just a different card to come down. I saw the bug, freaked out, couldn't find the owner. And then kind of, it, you it know, like, oh, okay, whatever. Kinda, my, yeah. I, my intention was never to buy it. Right. It was just like, I just want to meet the guy and tell him. I wanted to meet him and tell him how much I appreciated his car. Like, this car motivated me right. every time I grabbed how to customize your Volkswagen. And long story short, as fate would have it. And I went back on the Samba, which I haven't posted on in yeah. eight years. It's another thing that's kind of changed over the time, right? Oh, Being boy. on the Samba to off the Samba. Yeah. and. And I went on, I was following my thread under my username, and I saw that I posted a picture that said, man, I saw this car at the Classic, and this was one of the reasons I got into Volkswagens. And so, I mean, it was that, and it was like Cat's Rag, mm-hmm. you know, in the 87 VW Trans. Yep. And it was just like those cars you would see, and they would just motivate you. And, and for me, in the hobby, when you can – tell somebody like hey man your cars have motivated us man it's like oh absolutely that, that's better than than anything else versus somebody could it, it, we live in also a culture where someone's like yeah i don't really care for your mirrors <laughs> you know what i mean and you're thinking to yourself like really yeah thanks buddy i should have con- contacted yeah. you before i well, what was yeah. your name can i get your number so i yeah. can call you because i can consult you on the next build but it, it's interesting and i and and one of the things about Volkswagen is, is it's a it's a blank canvas for anybody to do what they want to do and absolutely if you don't appreciate it yeah you probably kind of keep that to yourself because you, unless you're a narcissist you think your opinion matters to everyone else well there's a few people out there like that yeah <laughs> so when you saw the BM, when you saw the rag chop yeah did you get with Jim and t- chat with Jim for a little bit about the car we we did and it, and it was kind of like one of those seeing another there was a couple other chop tops there but it was just kind of nice to to pick the brain of how he did it. So on, on his car, 
on your car now mm-hmm. it had the rain gutters still on my car it doesn't have the rain gutters on it and so it, it was and that's a good look it's a different look yeah I, I well thank you but it was it was kind of a smoothed out look and and a lot of welding that's and a shaping. lot of work to do that it was a lot of work yeah yeah, yeah. but uh it, anyway it was kind of fun and and rk and i hooked up the next day and we did the photo shoot and and uh, it was a lot of fun. Now, what was the ending of this car? You said it was a sad ending. It was a sad ending. So we were, a few years later, we were getting ready for a, uh, a one of the Buggeramas. Mm-hmm. Um, incidentally, that you mentioned this, that Buggerama where I got first, uh, first place, best of show and people's choice. Yeah. I drove the car from Burlingame up, which is what, a two-hour drive. And oh, really? you set the car. I had all the carpet inside and... And, uh, so you had like all your displays everything jammed in the car, jammed in the car. But and that's the same way Giacomo was yeah. with the black car that was from Bakersfield. Oh yeah, he tells me a story where he drove, and that's and your young kids doing that. Like Absolutely. you built this car, it's your project car. Put all your crap in it, and you think back nowadays, you're like, man, I must have been stupid. Like, yeah. I'm in the car, I've no spare tire, I've got no no tools, nothing. I've, yeah, I'm just like down the road. Yeah. Yeah, the the blind, you know, innocent, <laughs> right, yeah. Right, like, and that was be, so this fun. Be great. Yeah, I mean, seriously, is, that that vigor and that, you know, careless abandon. Yeah. That's what made it. But you know, it was like I set it up and and that was probably one of my favorite shows because I set the car up and walked away and we watched went through the swap. I probably bought more crap I shouldn't have bought right. and then watched racing and and came back at the end of the day and and was getting ready to pack up and they started handing the awards and i was like whoa loaded up and you know it's just i yeah, still i still it's remember a good that feeling right it's like a great the, feeling people appreciate it and, and especially in a world with volkswagens where the platform of the beetle is just everybody's got one i know and, and everybody's and, I mean, got a story and you're, and you're going out on a limb it, back in these days grabbing cookie cutters yep. was like Okay, everybody uses Porsche alloys. You're going to get cookie cutters. Why cookie cutters? Because no one's running them. Like, That's it. There was a few people running them, and, you know, it's like it looks like you were in the big power back then, too, because yep. you got the mag with the 48s on oh, the yeah. car. I yeah. mean, there's there's just, you know, the seats, the blocked-off back seat, you know, for the – did you have storage back there? Because I can't see a clear picture. Was there – a oh come on! Back there? We always come had the, we always right. had the twelves in the well, back. Well, I didn't right? see it. I was looking for. I was like, "Where's this right? big subwoofer box?" Uh, uh, and I couldn't see it because I don't. That was the. Uh, remember everybody could, running the running the subs in the back always, and always. There's no room for no room for friends. Just yeah, subwoofers. It's a two seater. I like it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's a bold move. I mean, to go M and M green. Green's a love it or hate, hate it color it for is. a lot of people. Yeah, and. You know, the cookie cutters are stepping out on a limb. And, and, and I've been chasing down the answer to the question here because one of the challenges I had in my car that was done in 93, I had phone dials on it. Oh, yeah. Which was another, like some people think they're the ugliest wheels in the world, but to us guys that were in a world of alloys, it That's was it. the next different wheel that Absolutely. nobody had. yeah. And I had 16s on the back, 16.7s on the back. And fifteen six nine twenty four S phone dials in right. the front, yeah, and they all had the little puckers around the lips, yeah. And like you, you couldn't go super low, and you loaded some weight, you'd rub those tires. That's right. And I've been trying to track down when the first narrowed, because this is ninety. There's no narrowed beams here. That's right. Narrow beams are, I think, available. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I'm trying to pin down 
who narrowed the first beam? So I rem- uh, so the first beam that I saw narrowed was on one of Bob Hole's convertible at Sacramento. He had a red convertible. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was on the cover of one of the cow look issues. So, yeah, like a beach scene. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, with uh, I can't remember who Tina knew or somebody was on the cover. I can't remember. Um, but uh, that was when I first saw it. And then they were cutting the fender wells and they were getting the beam shock towers in there and right. fitting it in. Well, I don't even remember because I remember doing the spindles and the brakes on mine, which then pushes the wheels out. That's the right. The smallest front tire you could find at the time was a 195.50. Yep. You know what I mean? So it was like. The Euro TA, that's what I was running on there yeah, too. Just yeah. Just a big old bulky tire. Now they got the 165, you know, the 165.45. Right. Or the, you know. Yep, a lot one, of options. Yeah. I mean, in my early days, when I couldn't afford tires, I'd go to the junkyard and buy temporary tires and put those on the front, you know, because then you, <laughs> you see a lot of people running those lower. back in the day. Yeah. 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 So, and, the, so the car, anyway, came to a sad demise. It was involved in a in a uh, solo car wreck. Um, I was a, a friend of mine was driving the car at the time, unfortunately, and uh, he's he's not here right now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the car was was wrecked beyond repair uh unfortunately and he was dr- hold on he's like hey bro i'm gonna go get some drinks in your car we go get a 12 pack and he takes <laughs> off and makes you know like what are you walking back for like oh yeah, man no, bad uh, scene yeah no. yeah i was actually uh, living in a, in a the bachelor life at the time in san francisco and got a phone call from a from a, a mutual oh, friend no. saying hey you know what pat you don't need to come up They're, the car was involved in a wreck and, and, uh, and so my heart sank. Uh, so it was, it was done, but, uh, you know, the so so cars the lo- totaled and the cars you, totaled. It was fully covered. So the, they wrote you a big giant, it was a giant it. check. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bought my first like yacht. McMahon yeah, check. exactly. Right. <laughs> <You're> it, like- <laughs> it was, you know what? He, he made good on it. And, uh, my second chop top was born after that it was it was featured in trends yeah a few a few years later 63 chop top um push button dash chop exactly the same theme same and type who, did idea you build it with w- with rick again with rick again yeah yeah absolutely this so one you, had the same flair same touch so and it's the same i actually ran that car in duran kafer cup as well back in oh two oh three do you still have that car I still have that car. Yeah. You have, so you, if if this one never got wrecked, you'd probably still have this car. You're I'd thinking. probably still have that car. Yeah, love that car. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild, man. Yeah. It's, it, that's that's just it's something that you never think, but you know maybe you put so much work into. I mean, I, I got so mad at my '63 Ragtop that my brother and I found in a junkyard to replace a car that I that I got hit by a drunk driver in. I uh, I know that story. And like. I got so mad, blew up the motor, and I'm like, I'm done with Volkswagens. I'm selling this piece of crap. And then I bought the Curse of the Riviera. And <laughs> I, I, don't even get me started. I, Friday before I came out, I was rushing to get out here. I took my Riviera to another shop for the fourth time, whatever. Oh, no. Another couple thousand bucks. Take it to the shop. Guy's like, I went through the fuel system. It's running good. I pick it up. And I'm like, man, every time I see the car, it looks so good. I'm super stoked to get it. I yep. get in. I'm like, I'm going to go to the Apple store and buy my, finally, this is a new leaf. My Riviera is <laughs> running. I'm going to go replace my iPad that was stolen in Mexico. I drive like a mile away to the Apple store, park at the mall, and then I'm getting ready to leave. 
It's a little warm. I start it up. He's like, yeah, I've tested it. It won't stall on anything. I go over the speed bump real slow, and it stalls. It drops another side of the speed bump, and it dents the oil pan. Oh, toward, no. Hold on. I'm at the mall, like an outdoor mall, and now it's dank, 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 dank every time. And I just, that's all I could think the, as I'm driving home, the curse of the Riviera. That's it. I bought it because I was mad at my Volkswagen. I sold my Volkswagen. I regret it to this day for selling it. Yep. And it's like, and then maybe that's the reason why I can't part with anything. But when I when I first finished the Bull Run bus, yep. before it was the Bull Run bus, there was a guy up here in Sac- up in Sacramento that met me at the show afterwards in Sac, and I said I want thirty five grand for it. We drove it around. He's like, yeah, I really like it. I really like it. You know, let's let's work something out. I said, all right, I'll call you. Then I never called him. Yep. And then another guy. The guy that ended up buying my Gia was trying to buy my bus off me. The Type 3 Gia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he came to my house, and he wanted to buy the bus. before. This is 10 years before he bought the Gia. And I was just kind of like, yeah, no, maybe, nope, I'm not going to sell it. And it's just like something that I don't. I have a hard time selling some stuff. I don't know. Hey, you're not alone. You know, it's <laughs> so you, you, you probably, you know Mike Gagan. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure, and Ken Jevick. Um, Buddy Hale was building a car for Mike Gagan, a 53 Zwitter. Yeah. Uh, Ken Jevick ended up with that car, and then I ended up with the car. I, I made a deal with Ken Jevick, and I bought the car. Oh, yeah? So, so that's another car I ran into Ren Kafer Cup as well. And it got to the point where I was like, man, I, I've really got to start thinning the herd here. So I actually through a couple of contacts and with R.K. Smith, said, hey, I know someone that might want to buy your car. Made Talked to the guy, came up with an agreement, and I feel terrible to this day. I called him the night before he was flying up. I said, I apologize. I just can't sell the car. But at least I didn't wait till he got up right, from Southern right. California. I think he ended up buying another very well-known cover car from Hobby Debbies as well back in the day as well, so... He yeah. ended up with a beautiful car. Yeah, it's it's a tough. It sometimes it's tough, and and in hindsight, I regret selling my '63 because especially I saw when the next buyer had it. They it was polar silver. Yeah, and they painted it teal teal metallic blue. <laughs> like my first bug. <laughs> and all I could do was look at it and think to myself, "No, it was a terrible teal metallic blue. It was terrible." And I looked at it and thought. What did you do to my bug? <laughs> like, you've ruined it. The wheels weren't polished. They were dull. I was hurt on every angle. Like, I saw this car that was neglected. Then I saw it at a Vegas bug-in 10 years later, and the front end had been crushed in yeah. a little bit. And I thought, God, oh, what a piece of crap. That was my chance to buy it back. That's right. I found a picture someone had online of the Vegas bug-in of that car from the backside because it wasn't dented. And I've, when I first started the podcast, I was like, man, I'd like to find this car. And I got a bunch of messages like, get me the VIN number. I'll track that car down. And I don't have anything with the VIN number. Oh, no. And it's just like, I don't even know why I want it. Like, I'd probably see it, it's a, but it's just a sentimental thing. That's you exactly know? what it is. And, and, I, and I think with these cars is you, you feel like they got us. I feel like they have a soul. 100%. You know? Absolutely. And, They're alive. And, and, and I don't know. I, I think the coolest thing is I'd love to, I, I'd love to make a short film about my bus just the bus that was bought that was built and bought it like built the factory for a family and somehow it ends up in gold in goldfield nevada in 1970 three years three years old 
and then gets pillaged for parts for Bajas and is just left there to rot yeah. until 2000 when I buy it. Yeah. And then the, like the whole thought of what the bus would be experiencing, thinking like, well, this is the end of the road for me. And then to be the bus it then became to be like seen by so many people and driven so many miles oh. and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and my family's bus, my kids, you know what I mean? And it's weird because, you know, as much as it's, a cool thing to have the bus like i bought it because i'm a volkswagen guy That's right and i wanted my kids i wanted i wanted an excuse to build a car that we could have the family in. Right. so i bought a bus i didn't buy a bus because buses were cool that's it you know what i mean absolutely and it's and it's so funny because with that car it's like it's on 3.0 right now mm-hmm. it's in georgia shop still waiting for some suspension pieces from my guy in florida no kidding and uh That'll be it'll be now be the Let's Talk Dubs bus. Oh, cool! So it's a 21 window now. Yep. Or will be whenever it gets released from its time <laughs> in the shop over there. But, it'll be worth uh, the wait. Yeah, it, I, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know. I don't know if it's Corvette Summer. I remember Corvette Summer really impacting me when I was a kid, watching right. the car head for the crusher, and uh-huh. Mark Hamill saves it, and all of a sudden, like he has this wild, crazy adventure, builds the baddest car ever. <laughs> you know, and you look at the car today, you're like, Ugh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like the A Team. <laughs> what were you thinking? Yeah, you watch the A Team. Like that show was so cool. You sit through one episode of the A Team. Like I watched this. Uh-huh. How dumb was I? <laughs> like yeah. terrible acting, terrible. But it's just, it was something that was. So superficial meant nothing, but was so cool at the same time. A black van with no windows and a red stripe it, on the that's side. That's it. And now it's so cool. Or or Ford Torino red yeah. with a white stripe. The most yeah. unperformance car ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. And it's like, let's throw a stripe on this and put two dudes with big man yeah. curls in here. And Absolutely. A, 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 a rotary dial phone on the center hump. Got it, <laughs> Chief. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, cars were such a huge culture uh, uh, an iconic emblem in so many of the TV shows and stuff that we watched oh, growing absolutely. up. Smoking the Bandit. You look at yep. all these things, and I, I think that's why our generation, and you'd think the next generation would have this huge thing because of the whole Fast and Furious yep. thing, but you don't see a bunch of it out there. It's more kind of a generational thing being passed on. You know, I think it like, is. Your son's here today. Yep. He's driving his car. Lawless's son is here. Yep. My son's 22, and I was like, man, I'm going to get this drag car. There's like, dude, I want to drive it. I want to drive it. You know, so it's like you kind of create your own gearheads yep. by doing that. But, you know, there, there, there's so many different things. Now, let's talk about the Duren Kafer car. Oh, yeah. What, what how does – because you've already got the chop at home. Yep. And then you've got, did you buy the Zwitter before the the Duren Kafer car? No, I got the Zwitter from Ken Chevik after the okay. 06 uh, Duren so, Kafer car. So you, what makes you, what gets you in the gear? To, did you just find a great deal in a Super Cherry car? And you're like, you know what? It's too good to let someone else get it. I'm going to build this thing. What was the motivation behind building that? So at the time, I was living in Redwood City, mm-hmm. and Greg Yerudia had a shop, Greg's VW in Redwood City, and I knew Greg through Don's Co. and a bunch of other people. And I was going by a shop one day, and I saw a pan just leaning up against a cyclone fence, and I said, hey, Greg, what's going on? A super straight pan. I said, what is it? He goes, oh, it's a 56 I'm going to be building someday. I said, all right, well, you know, you ever want to get rid of it, let me know. I'd, I'd love to build an oval window. And he's like, no, no, I, you know, I really want to build. He goes, but you know what? I'm going to put it on an IRS pan. So it, the pan's for sale if you want it. And I said, I'd love it. I'll get a body someday. 
Uh, and it wasn't really long after that that he called me up and said, hey, Pat, you know what? I've realized it's going to be really difficult for me to build the car to the quality that I want. And if you want to buy the car, by all means, you can have the body. So I got the pan, and a few weeks later, I got the body with a bunch of boxes. And it was boxes of parts and early parts. And it's a early 56, so it's a rear square, round front Rag rear top. square round front yep. no no rib doors or rib no doors. rib doors nope nope and uh i think it's a six month car or something like that i'm not too sure um and at that point having built a couple of cars before i kind of knew the logistics and how to build the car mm-hmm. correctly i should say or the processes so i sent out parts for powder coating and i and then i i started collecting motor parts and talked to my buddy rick eichler again about getting the body done and i think from start to finish it took us about a year to build the car i had lenny cop do the i sent him the seats he did the seats for me now did you have intention to run no no i had no idea at the time when we started building it and in the process the ren caper cup had just started uh, you hear talk about, you know, this is a new class. It's a show-and-go kind of class. I said, this is for me. I found a video of Frenchie describing the class on Oh, no YouTube. kidding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a snippet of it and release it on Instagram. But it's it's really interesting, you know, especially when you see how long ago it was and how different everybody looks. But it's, it's, oh, interesting. Right. it's interesting for him to explain the philosophy of the class. Right. So, right. So, he, so you start getting this car put together. And your thing is cow look style with it, or what? Kind of a, I think RK kind of described it accurately. It's like a resto custom. Mm-hmm. I think it's not really a traditional cow look. It's still got all the chrome on it, and and at this point they start to become more valuable. And I'm thinking, you know, it's an early car. I want to maybe I'll yeah, never I, do if, it. Yeah, if I ever I'll put it never, back to stock, I'll right. never do right. that. But if I want to, I want to be able to. Yeah. It'll, it'll be able to. So we built it, and uh, I tell you what, Southern California guys are dominating the class. I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, you've got yeah. you've got all the big shops down there, and and everybody. So, so I I ran I started running the class, and then there's a couple other NorCal guys up here. A good buddy of mine, Lee Bushaw. Uh, Rich Dixon, we were kind of like the NorCal, you know, guys. The NorCal terrorists the, the, trying NorCal to ruin the SoCal Rich Dixon, the first in the tens. And then Lee Bushaw and I were going back and forth. And you talk about a super competitive dude. And we have a lot of fun joking with each other. And yeah. I'll tease him and he'll tease me. But, you know, through the years, the friendships that I have made, you know, with the guys in the in the business and hot BWs or trends or whatever it is. And all the guys that, you know, on the show circuit. And then I started racing. I mean, from the Duran Caper cup, it kind of faded you out. Really? Were you, I mean, you like the fast street car, but you weren't really a race racing guy before. D- D- not Durant really. Kafer? No, not really. I mean, I had, I've had VWs that I would take up to Sears point and run on Wednesday nights and there were nothing. Just super street cars. Fast. Street cars. Yeah. But, uh, and then after Duran Caper Cup started to fade out, I built a purpose race car only. So I have a, a low light gear that I ran in Pro Gas, and I still have that car. And, and uh, you know, with my two boys as heavy into VWs as they are now, it's kind of time for me to say, hey, let's concentrate on your stuff. And, you know, we're starting to, you know, build our own motors, and we do our own body and paint now. And, oh, really? You know, so... So it's good. It's it's uh, keeps the hobby alive, and I've got a good excuse to 
by parts and spend time with the boys right spend yeah. time with the boys i mean I, it's my favorite thing to do is you know my son will send me some dumb stuff he's tracking down on marketplace or whatever i like, love it like <laughs> oh, it's kind of stupid we should buy it you know we could just have it for a weekend then sell it you know what i mean right. like but you know he's got bit by the proverbial bug of just volkswagen stuff and like he keeps sending me pictures of bajas and stuff like that oh and i mean He's just a car guy all the way around. I love it. So we, you know, we look at all that stuff, and it's so great to be able to, you know, I heard Jordan Peterson's psychologist, and he said, if you raise your children correctly, it'll be the best relationship you can ever have yeah. with a human being on the planet. Yeah. You know, because if your kids are well-grounded and they're, and, and they've launched properly from who you want them to be, and not not from a manipulative standpoint, but being a good, responsible adult, yeah. and then being able to know—I mean, to know that they've got a person this in this world that's that's there for them no matter what. Because you're—I mean, that's as your obligation as a parent, right? Absolutely. But then to be able to, you know, hang out. I have a picture of me and my son. You know, sometimes we we project our dreams. My son's two years old. I'm holding his hand, and he's holding a wagon. We're walking through Pomona. And I'm like, that's the coolest picture ever. Think, never thinking like, you know, one day he's going to be completely into doing car stuff yeah. with me. And he's just, that's amazing, he, he's man. all about it. Now my second son behind him bought him a little car. He's working on it. He's getting excited about cars. And now he's noticing all the differences. And yep. it's fun to be able to pass that stuff on. And and it's all part of like the hot, you know, we've I've got so many friends that I know just from the hobby. Right. And the... Especially, you know, you being from Northern California, me being from Las Vegas, us not being from the the hip part of where yep. everything comes from, and kind of having to work your way into where you get recognized for, you know, being a, a yeah. legitimate member of the hobby. Absolutely. You know. In the inner circle, as you, you would yeah. think, you know. Yeah. yeah. And and what's funny is I was talking to you. You brought the names up, Mike, and mm-hmm. these guys. I was talking to Lawless earlier that night, and we are talking about his – Duren K for Oh, series. right, yeah. And he's like, yeah, and then I got beat out by Buddy Hale. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, really? And I thought, geez, that was the only car Buddy's ever had since then. But it's it's so interesting how everything just takes a next step. Yeah. And it's like, I remember after that, Randy Gates split was built a, a year or two later. That's right. And there were stickers everywhere that said, who's Buddy Hale? It was like a paint splat. It yeah. said, who's Buddy right. Hale on all these things. And I was just kind of like thinking to myself i mean i've known buddy for a long time and, and and he's a guy from arizona that's worked his way into right where now arizona and it's funny because i i don't think the hobby sees like oh yeah there's some guys that build stuff out of arizona they just go you're in you know what i mean yeah I, but, but that's how you think it's perceived but the reality is people are coming out of different areas that are influenced by a hobby that's really it's really universal i mean it it gets misbranded as like just being you know southern california all stuff but the reality is it's it's all over i mean especially as i've seen with the podcast i get emails and letters from people and all this stuff where the hobby is all over the world and everybody's got a taste of some part of the customization aspect of it and it may not fit everybody's mold but mm-hmm. i tell you that the, the people in this in this hobby because i've had a lot of different cars 
and I, I go down a rabbit hole of like, ah, oh, I'm in the Mustangs now. Let's hang out with some Mustang guys. And I go around these Mustangs. I was like, these guys are weirdos, man. Like, they're not like real people. Like VW people are like genuine people. They are. And I think that's what makes the hobby just so awesome to keep coming back. I mean, even this event that we're at today. I mean, we're, we're at the we're, we're one of the last people up late at night at the, at the flat four, uh, the fast four cartel. At, they just happen to have flat fours in them. That's true. Yeah, they happen to have flat fours. Yeah, but I'm, maybe I'm a little tired. What, what are you going to say? But <laughs> the reality is, you know, we're at this event, and it's it's just such a laid-back, relaxed event, no pressure, no pretentious people. Everybody's just here to hang out and have a good time. And Well, I'll tell you what. Speaking of, of Fast Forward Cartel and the community that it is. Yeah. So I ran my, my Gia two years ago at the Reading event and I, Tony Clink and I are buddies from pro gas and we were pitted next to each other. Well, as bad luck would have it, I blew up my motor in qualifying. Tony Clink is a never quit kind of dude. And he, and I pushed the car back in the pits. He said, what happened? I said, I broke a crank, I think. And he said, dude, I've got another motor in my trailer. Let's put it in. I said, no, I can't do that. He goes, dude, you got to race. You've got to race. He's got a never quit attitude. Yeah. And his energy feeds everybody that's around him. And I mean, and he's just one example of, I mean, he's overworking on, on Kremer's car right now. And, and everybody else is helping each other out, you know, and it's, it's that, Hey, you know what? I, I might, you know, lose to you. But if you're not competing, I, I can't get that shot. So, right. you know, whatever it takes to get your car on the track, no matter what. So, you know, yeah. we're buddies until that, that green light. Until the light and then I'll put you on the trailer. But I want to make sure, you, you know, I get yeah. a fair shot at, you know. And that's, you know, but you see, you know, Jeff and Jeff running this, you know, and, and Tom Kenny in the cafeteria. I mean, no. you don't see this stuff no. anywhere. You don't. This is and incredible. It's, and it's... And it's it's all, it's all because people want to do it. Right. It's not. There's nothing here for profit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Which, hey, profits. It's part good, of life. Yeah, it's, part, yeah. it's part of what people do, but there's a different. There's a different vibe to it when it's not for right. that specific reason, and, and it shows in what everybody. It's like it's like a community. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. And everybody agree. brings their own stuff. They bring in you know whatever they can to contribute. And I'll tell you right now, this is the first event, and I'm so glad I came here because I came here because I wanted to see some stuff, want to hang out with my buddy George and just kind of just get out for a little bit. It's the last event that's happening really before there's, there's Sacramento next week. Yep. I don't know if I can make it to SAC because I can't burn up all my three-day weekends being out of town for car shows. Right. And so my thought was, oh, we'll shoot up to Fast Forward Cartel. If I can't make it to SAC, then at least I'll hit one last event. And now that I'm here, it's just like, it's just been such a fun event. It's, awesome, it's even yeah. even the racing and the pace that the racing was. I'm having more fun meeting the people up here, right? Than watching the racing. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's just different. And and I, and I wish I could convey to our listeners. And my goal is to convey to our listeners over time, like the dynamics of the people that are here and the dogs in the fight, so yep. to speak. So that everybody's got somebody to root for, which really makes the hobby much more enjoyable to watch. You know, when you watch these guys race, you know what these guys are all about and what they've got going on and what they're, what they've got at stake. And 
the different combinations they've been doing and they built the car for this, but now they're going to run this and it's a whole, their entire game plan changes and, and yep. today's the day. And you think about it, it comes down to like your one, your six seconds on the track or your eight seconds on the track and you don't run again for another hour and a half. That's or whatever. it, right? And you're just like, I can't believe I flubbed it. You know, <laughs> and I was watching today and I, and I was watching someone red light and I thought, and I was thinking to myself, man, I remember going on the track and sitting there and staging and like, if you start thinking about everybody watching you and all the stuff, it's like next to you got to zone everything out and just oh, yeah. commit to racing. But yeah. it's it's so much fun, and and I'm super stoked. I mean, everybody that's got to get a chance got to come out to to one of these fast four events because, like I said, it's just a it's just such a cool vibe, and the people are so friendly. I mean, I remember going to the drag race all the time and seeing everybody's got their you know trailers like yep blocked off. Don't look at what we're doing. Yep, and, speed yeah. secrets. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. But it's it's just a different vibe here, man. So I'm stoked, and we, we cranked out a ton of podcasts. You've been this working nonstop, stop, nonstop. I don't care, and I don't you, I don't know what you're I'm, doing. I'm, you, I'm getting them. I'm getting them. <laughs> I'm getting them, man. It's like I, we're, we're here. You know, there's. Uh, I mean, lawless. I I sent lawless two messages on uh, Facebook, and he's like, "Well, I don't. He won't get my message if we're not friends." And I've requested a friendship. And he's like, "I don't friend people that are whatever." But the pod, wait to hear the podcast we have with Lawless. Just a great. He's a smart dude too. Great podcast. What? And how how iconic the Gia has become. Oh boy. You know what I the mean? The white like, knuckle ride. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just it, it's just so crazy. And it's like there's there's so many cool things, and it's so cool to see him and his son. Yeah. You know, you and your son, and 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 people just keeping it going. So our I love it, man. I, I can't say enough about it. I can't. And your Duran Kafer dreams were yep. shattered by what? The class just got destroyed? You know what? It was... Because you just... Did you get a pro gas after that? Uh, we went to pro gas after that, yeah. So the Duran Kafer Cup kind of faded, and then they brought in the Caleb Challenge, which never really had the following. And, it's you know, when the Southern California guys kind of backed out, um, they weren't competing as much. The numbers just dropped. And, you know, it gets to a point it's like, you know, you see the same three, maybe four cars running a class, and the class starts to die out. I mean, and, and it evolves. And that's just kind of the way this hobby is in the racing aspect of it anyway. As you can see, Real Street now is popping up and getting super popular. Well, yeah, but up here you got 30 cars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got 30 cars and the way that the, the way that they've got the the, – the, the the class is set up it's it's fun and competitive oh right yes for this year yeah but yeah yeah <laughs> and you see some of their stuff because it, it, it's it, as being on the hobby song you always see these ebbs and flows and in, in drag racing where it's like super crazy popular and then someone breaks a record blows everybody out of the water and then everybody just kind of bags their stuff and up they for get a scared and, yeah. and stop or i can't compete yeah but, well it's the same thing with off-road stuff so um you know, one of the things after the demise of my uh, the green M and M, I have a buddy, uh, Vince Alcalumre, who had a shop in Napa called Vmar Off Road, and he was a trans transmission builder. And he said one day, he said, "Hey Pat, you want to come race some score events?" And I said, "Yeah, I guess so." I said, "But drag racing's so fun." He said, "You know, Pat, drag racing is eleven seconds of fun." Off-road racing is 11 hours of fun. Yeah. And so I, I raced score for about three years with him in a 5-1600 car. 
And it was it was just one of those things that ebb and flow. And those classes, I mean, look at class 11 now. It's crazy. Oh, my God. I mean, it was dying a few years ago, and now all of a sudden it's blowing up. Well, because it's affordable. Well, come but on. It's, you know, but it's I not, know what you, you mean. Know, I saw a car for sale for... 10 grand for a complete class 11 and i was like that's eh, not bad you can't build it for 10 grand and yeah it'd be fun to drive it but then i started thinking like after you've driven a bug with a 2.3 liter in it it's 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 brutal yeah it's, it's a, a kidney the killer longest, longest day the ever slowest yeah. oh my god yeah but in 5 1600 used to be the same way i mean there would be 25 30 cars in the class and then it'd be and like you said that ebb and flow and you know it changes so. yeah i'm interested to see how the hobby's gonna fare over this next little bit of slowdown that's gonna happen I, it's you know? coming yeah yeah and when's electric gonna come into that i mean ev west is obviously yeah they you know i i i keep thinking you know a guy could build a whole business just building just converting ev cars for people i think the, the reason why you don't see a ton of people doing it is because not a ton of people are offering it that's you know? it i think I wouldn't mind having an EV bug. I mean, I don't. I'm I'm concerned of how I don't, I might like it too much. I don't know. I don't know if I would like the silence of it. I mean, I guess you would get used to it, but yeah, I think it'd be rad to do just to feel the power. You know, I mean, mean, if you had a carbon cab or something, maybe if you could load that whole bottom with some Tesla power, and you never know. You never know. I was supposed to go drag race, uh, Michael bream down there oh yeah my carbon cab against his electric double cab yeah i mean he'd probably beat me who knows because he could just shove it in gear and go but it would be cool it'd that be would cool be cool to see but yeah, absolutely uh, we'll see we're gonna fix up the carbon cab a little bit had a good little mishap had a little mishap that was a great the, uh, cover shot too with that burnout and that uh, well, what made it so great was that it was on the vintage special mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit of, uh, yeah here you guys go how vintage is this that's my but it, Speaking of covers, like my favorite covers of the magazines were always like the scenes. Yeah. Trends was really good with them, like the car wash scene. There's one at yep. the gas station and, oh, yeah. you know, the one in front of Frisco's and the one. Yeah. I remember the one with the the uh, blue bluish gray bug or whatever doing this big old smoky burnout. It's probably a staged burnout because it was really, you know, the guy's mullet was in perfect form. Right. But, you know... <laughs> With magazines, I I love a cover that's like an action shot or mm-hmm. it, or it tells a story. Ab- makes you, know you want to open it up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes when I see some of these things where I don't know, I, just some just some stuff is it's either too studio or it's not because I and I think maybe it's a generational thing because we were being sold a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even all the ads in the magazines, I I have one that was signed by. Chris Addington, which is the big poster for Johnny Speed and Chrome. Oh, right. Had, yeah. You know, and, and it's like. Iconic ad. Yeah, he's over here. He's standing behind his car, watch his car. His wife is back here behind this car. And then this Betty. is this guy. Yep. And the, yeah, and it's like all these people. And it's, it was like, oh, man, I want to be part of that party. I just need a Volkswagen. <laughs> that's it. And I think that's, I think that's the way it was sold to us, you know. It was like, especially when you saw the extension of the expression of who you were. Right. The fluorescent colors, the, the you know, the whatever it was. You know what I mean? Like, I forgot about those fluorescent colors, yeah, right? That was yeah. something else. No, but there's, there's I, I remember the car came out in the magazine. I, I forget the name of the car. It was shot in front of Frisco's. 
and I don't know if the guy owned a powder coating business or what, but every the part and piece was separate color a and different color. Yep. Spring plate. Yep. You know the the the, the spring plate cover. Uh, the toy shop. box was it? Yeah. The toy box or something? Yeah, I can't... something crazy. Yeah. But it was like powder coating, the newest thing. You know what I mean? Right. And, and it was just everything on this car, but you know they had the the Nigel on the on the fan shroud. That's right. Yeah, like everything, and it was just like this extension of who you were like i'm so cool it oozes onto my car <laughs> here's my swatch car too you know like all these things i swatch up i'm yeah. not swatch yeah so it's 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 all connected and the thread keeps pushing through and and you know even with today like i love the 80s cars yeah and i love the cars that are built today yeah you know and when and when if ever my split window's done People will see a merge of both worlds coming together. Uh, I'm waiting for that. And it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be, well, I hope it is. I mean, it really, it is, it's going to be good for me. So we'll Absolutely. see. We'll see. I've got a big power, full four coil suspension vehicle. You've got the Mendiola suspension under it. Very nice. What cool. kind of motor? 2600 Type 4 with 48s. Of course. You're a Type 4 motor kind Berg, of guy. Berg five speed. Of course. I'll let you drive it. A Type 4 and a Beetle feels like a V8. Yeah. That's a monster. Well, your your Type Three Gear had the Type Four in it too, it injected, mm-hmm. right? Beautiful saw, car. We saw how it left Nick's. Yeah, I want to bring that up again. People get upset. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was there, but it's it's fun. I mean, that's why that's my thing is like the having a car that's fun to drive. Yeah. Oh, know? and reliable. I mean, everybody wants to put a giant motor in. I think that's great. But let's make it reliable, too. Don't just start throwing parts yeah. at it. Yeah. I, I got a car with 48s. It was an engine that was in another car that I bought, and I put it in another car. And it's all fun. It's got donkey power until, like, I'm driving, and I hear it starting to diesel, and then I get so annoyed. Oh, yeah. It's just like, I don't want to drive It's not fun this. to drive. I don't want to drive this grenade. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it just feels like it's going to blow up at any moment. And right. And I don't want to be – I want, like – I want to be able to drive it and feel that it's going to make it, which is why maybe I just like these Type Fours. I just like the the guaranteed torque at all at Absolutely. all positions, you know. Absolutely. But I don't know. We'll see. There's lots to come, and I think that the the evolution of the hobby, like even the drag cars, are looking different. Like these cars that are here, these new new built cars, these are like full like, show cars, yeah, full show drag cars, right? You know. It's just nuts. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, I'm embarrassed to bring my drag car around here. It's she's a hoopty. But no, hey, come on. It's for it's for having fun. I, I, George and I were talking about. It. You gotta. I'm trying to get George out too. I'm telling you, this right? George. Yeah, this is the tenth time he's been mentioned this weekend, and he needs to get <laughs> his butt on the track. Yeah. I told him. I told him. I said, just give me the keys. I'll take it. Don't down. worry about the hair. Let's just yeah. take put, care. Put it in one braid. One. One That's all we want. One knot. Pick a lane, as we say. Jeez, that's what I thought. (laughs) One knot. (laughs) Yeah. This guy. But, uh, you know, build it, drive it. I explained him a little story about a guy from Las Vegas who built a Type 34 again. Well, everybody white-gloved their cars back on a trailer, so he just left. Launched out of. Right. Because that was like when I first took my first car down to, I didn't want to say Bull Run Bus, but you made me. When I took it down to Nick's. The Dairy Queen. The bull one. The bull? The bull? The, I've never heard well, of that. Well, before it? it was I'm bull kidding. Bus, when it was red and black. Yes. Before it had a name. 2003. It was the most proud moment because I knew it had donkey power. Mm-hmm. And I, wa- I wanted to make sure I left. It wasn't Nick's. It was Dairy Queen. I wanted mm-hmm. to leave Dairy Queen early. And I left stomping the bus out of there. And it lot. 
people the next day were like, wow, that's a, that bus right? has got some power in yeah. it. You know, what's in that bus? Because I remember being younger, I'm in my bug, <clears throat> and there's a guy in Vegas, and I remember it's a black panel window, a black panel bus, and the lights white said Irie 63, and I'm like, let me run up. Who's this Volkswagen guy? I go to run up on the guy, and the dude's just like, and I was like, I've never seen what a fast was bus that? before. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, when I went to the first jamboree I did, I saw Russell had a single cab inside the mm-hmm. inside the swap meet there, and mm-hmm. it had a huge tack on the dash. Oh yeah, and I thought like. That's so cool looking. Every one of my buses has a big giant tack on the dash just to let everybody know. I don't have to open the engine compartment so you know that this thing means business. Right. There's these, all these little things in the hobby that we collect this piece from that and that piece from that. And then we execute our own cars. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's the culmination of different ideas and thoughts from different cars. And that's that's what makes it, makes it your own car too. So you still, you've got your Ren K for car still here. Now you've detuned it for the street to make it streetable. Um, somewhat. It still has the, uh, uh, spooled gearbox in it. Oh really? Um, which is, very difficult to drive. to drive on the freeway because um, it, it it'll track hard like it'll you track hard yeah cement that's got grooves going different directions the car wants it'll to... do that you notice it more when you're coming into a turn so if you're trying oh, to make a to... quick turn and it'll push you straight into the curb that kind of thing but you know what uh, like I was telling somebody today I'm I'm kind of past that big horsepower that full race box on the street something fun to drive fun reliable with enough horsepower to get out of the way so it's detuned a little bit it's it's got yeah right yeah um it's it's got a uh a dino motor dean lowry head motor in there from back in the day i was lucky enough to find and and uh you know it's just fun to drive there's not enough time i mean we're so busy with work and kids and and yeah which is wonderful i I mean i think and i am so lucky i gotta say i've got a wonderful understanding wife who i do too and i you're talking to a guy who's (laughs) you know 600 miles from home hanging out all night recording podcasts talking to to goofballs about cars and (laughs) and uh yeah so the yeah the funny one one thing she said to me she goes where'd that car come from (laughs) i said well i've had this one for about 10 years (laughs) yeah yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that one in a while. I guess. Yeah, I know. I had it hidden, yeah. and all of a sudden, now it's not. So yeah, no. Yeah. But there, there. You know, it, and that's the thing. It's like I now, as my collection kept growing without me wanting it to. With now, with the advent of owning Future Shock, it's like I've got my event coming up, and I want all the cars running real good. Absolutely, it's a lot of work for George. It's a lot of work. George's got a lot. George got a lot of work. George got a lot of work. Tuned in, dialed in. <laughs> You gotta have drivers for them too. But that well, I, there's people coming to town. They're like, "Hey, I don't Good. have a car." I'm like, "All right, you can drive this car." You know, it's a it's a fun event. I haven't been, but I've heard I'm great things, you, man. man. It's a, it's a good. It's and you a do the poker time. run too? Yeah, we do the we do a we do the strip cruise yeah. Friday night, yeah. and then Saturday's a car show awesome. during the day. The car show's over at one. The poker run doesn't start till six, <clears throat> and then six to eight. You run across the, va- the the valley in Vegas, then yeah. you come back to the hotel, park your car, come inside. Is it in Orleans? Like a, uh-huh. We have like a banquet room right yeah. by the entrance. Yeah. So you can your car is real close and it's all secured and all that stuff. And then we deal your last card there, and I peel off. I split up two thousand bucks in cash. To That's awesome. That, it's just fun. You know what I mean? Like come to Vegas, win money. That's it. And yeah. then it's over Saturday night. Like do whatever you want on Sunday. 
you can hang out, you can, you can whatever. Yeah. And I, I try to make it where it's not super demanding of your time, but you get the stuff you get to do is super fun. Like, who doesn't want to cruise a strip in your bug? Absolutely. With a bunch of other With Volkswagen. a bunch of VWs, It's yeah. different to be sandwiched between two SUVs with a bunch of people that are going to the uh, whatever concert. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's yeah. different to be. In sync. In yeah, sync? In no. sync, right. I don't know. 98 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are those, the, those are the hip ones nowadays. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just a different, it's, a, it's like a throwback to what we did when we were younger, like cruising the strip or Absolutely. going to hang out and. I talked to a buddy of mine who's into mini trucks. I said, man, when we do that thing, you ought to try to get maybe five or six mini trucks to come out there and just kind of make it time warp. Absolutely. going to say, right? Flashback. So, yeah, we'll Flashback. see. Flashback. We'll yeah. see if you get a chance, man. You owe it to yourself to come out. It's a great time. That would be it good. It's a great time. So. Yeah. My good buddy Justin Heath said it's a wonderful time. Justin's the good The old dude. critter. Yeah, critter's a good dude. Man. Right. He, he's had a blast when he came down there, man. I mean, it's just, you know, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're able to get with, and, and I kind of kicked myself for never doing the Berg Rally because I never did it. I always wanted to, but it was like, I don't know if we just never came in with the time to do it right? or weren't really plugged in with, with doing it. But it's something similar where you get with a group of people and you run around, you make new friendships. And, you know, it, it, it's part of that experience in the scene where when you guys are all put together in a certain deal, you kind of. Oh, I know this like I yep. for knowing Miguel and Tony Marisi and all these people oh, that I right. know just from seeing them at car shows over and over. So, yeah, it's definitely there's been a lot of friendships made at the one crazy lifelong weekend. friendships. Yeah, for I, sure. Oh my God, I met Tony when God he had a black convertible I think at at Bugo and I had the green M M&M, and M I think back then. And yeah, yeah. He that was just a little beat, kid that then. Old beat up black convertible. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh. It's cool, man. I uh, I love it. I love the friendships that I've made, and I love the, I love chasing down the history. You know, that's a big part of it. And then putting the connections together between the cars and the people, and and all that stuff. And then right, there's just so there's so much of it, man. I mean, it's just been a great it's been a great weekend overall. Well, you're killing it. I'm telling so, you, you're, I, you're keeping it alive. Listen, it, it's like written history. You've got to yeah. keep it. If you don't, it'll be forgotten. So yeah. I there's, think it's there's it's a huge. lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there, and especially making magazine connections too i find that part fun yeah you know the guy in the magazine that did x y and z and connecting him with this and 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 finding out that this guy was buddies with that guy and, oh okay i see how all this is coming together so right it, there's there's a lot of evolution in the scene that you see play out when you can get more than the the the, the two-dimensional or one-dimensional magazine you know and you can get the story behind it and how it all came together so yeah even even this right here right you know? The way these guys have put this thing together it was it was you know it was a need that these guys needed to do. They were kind of tired of the way it was running someplace else. Yep. They were just we'll do our own. Start at grassroots and look where it's at. That's it. So you work on anything else new? Well, <laughs> so you know I have a wonderful wife, and so I found a Type Three Gia. How long has it been? Probably fifteen years. Yeah. So. Oh, you've had it sitting. It's on a project on it's, standby. It, it's one of those. It's it's kind of the interior, West Coast interiors done. The pans done. The body is not quite done, and you know, I've, there's always a project. So there you is. Know, they yeah. That. We'll concentrate in the boys and getting their cars done first. And well, cool. Yeah. Well, good seeing good seeing you out here, man. I'm glad we got to sit down. And I talk appreciate about the time. The green M and M. That back in the day, yeah, right. <laughs> and. Uh, all the good stuff that's come since then, man. There's lots, there's lots of rad stuff, man, and uh, lots more to come. Yeah, tons more to come, man. Appreciate I can't wait to see your split. Yeah, listen, me too. Right? <laughs> that makes two of us. Let's set a date. 
my date that I'm setting, going on record, is uh, next worst case scenario. Next year's one crazy weekend, it'll be there. I love next it. Next year's one crazy weekend. So it's 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 seventy percent right now. So it's going to be off the hook. We'll see. We'll see. All right, brother. Appreciate you for being here. Thanks, Bill. Had right. a great time, man. You got it. later. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. I sure enjoyed getting out there to Fast Forward Cartel and checking out uh, and getting meet, meeting all those guys out there at Fast Forward Cartel was just a real treat. And I'm looking forward to uh, headed back to NorCal sooner or later and connect with those guys again. This weekend, we'll be out at Octo. So if you guys want to come by, get some limited edition Beetle Barn Bus Vegas original t-shirts, come hit me up at Octo. That's where I'll be. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, and I'll give you a shout out. Until next week, guys. Later. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. Volkswagen.